welcome to another episode of the Risk Cheese Radio Podcast, your place for horological hot takes, taboo topics, and often unpopular watch opinions. My name is Schmidt, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy. You guys know him. You'll love him. Mr. Bro Dinky. Bro, what's going on, my friend? I'm taking it easy this week. You know, I told you I had a few days off. They were glorious. Back to work now, but I'm taking it easy. I haven't posted too much. I'm just kind of soaking in 30,000 follower uh, afterglow and uh, running my little contest for that Seiko. And that's pretty much it. I'm, I'll be back at it soon, but I, I just wanted to take a moment to just enjoy my time off and get things kind of uh, restructured in my life for the next little push for the fall. So got a few things I'm lining up as far as, you know, kids' daycares and things. But other than that, everything's pretty good. Uh, just looking forward to a little work slowdown and a little peace of mind coming up, which would be nice. Um, how about you? What's going on? Yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Sometimes it's, tight, it's nice to take a little respite and kind of wait in the wings a little bit, let the craziness of social media kind of pass you by for just a hot second before you you come back reinvigorated to drop some new fires. So um, everything's good on my end. Uh, as always, you know, kind of as we touched on last time, just ramping up some more business travel here soon. Uh, I'll be on the road again, but uh, back shortly and uh, back to record another episode. But uh, could not be more excited for this this uh, topic, some in- exciting things that we have to announce and talk about today. So uh, I can't wait to get into that. Yeah, first and foremost, a uh, little pat on the back to ourselves for our 1,000 followers on Instagram. Thanks to everybody who follows along with the show. Thanks, guys. So that's cool. We're also knocking on the door 50,000 downloads, also kind of cool, which is great. Couldn't do it without you guys. Sincerely appreciate it. It's been it's been amazing. Yeah, and uh, I think part of the bump we're getting this week is probably from the little spot I did earlier in the week on 40 and 20 if you haven't heard it yet go check that one out that was a great time the guys over 40 and 20 had me on for the 200th episode is a little celebration of sorts i guess you'd say had a lot of fun you know shit we kind of just ran ran down their their show history i've listened to them a long time and uh, we ran down their show history kind of some funny favorite moments and things we got into a big discussion about content creation sort of how hard it is at times and what goes into it. You know, I think a lot of people sort of overlook that stuff and they don't realize, I mean, you think about it when you have a bad day or a bad week, like how hard it is just to like get out of bed in the morning. Right. Like now imagine yeah. you have like people who I don't want to say rely on you, but they, they sort of rely on you for, for their daily dose or their little bit of entertainment or what they look forward to for the week. Like, well, you're, I mean, you're, you're the, you're the bit of escapism. Right. right? Like, everyone just wants to kind of get out of their head out of their situation out of their mental space and and kind of focus on something that's not life it's not work just for a little bit of escapism and you and so many other content creators provide that for so many people and i know i consume this content all the time as much as i can get so it's yeah i mean i wouldn't say people like rely on you is a matter of life and death but people come to rely on what you're going to put out there as their kind of slice of normalcy in, in sometimes a chaotic or a hectic day or week. Yeah, I know we had talked, I think it was off air a couple of weeks ago, but just like some days where you're, you're having a rough day at home, rough day at work, like some days that hour in the car is like your only time of peace. And yeah. like, if you, if you can at least enjoy a podcast or something, you know, your, your favorite CD, what it, CD playlist, I guess now. See, <laughs> we're showing stuff. our age, bro. Yeah, we're showing bro. our age, man. 
Damn, I remember when you had the the, the giant book of burn CDs. Oh yeah, because you didn't absolutely you didn't buy CDs anymore. We absolutely. also had to use your CD player in your car. So yeah, you had like, the giant... what's a, what's a mixtape? Like we don't call them that. We call them playlists now, right? Yeah, like yeah, it's... exactly. So you had burn <laughs> CDs with Sharpie written on them to tell you what it was. That was yeah. that was my growing up. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, sometimes that's your little slice of heaven for the day, and that's as good as it's gonna get. So if, if you can at least improve it a little bit, it's it's kind of a big deal, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, the only thing I regret about that episode is they asked me what I usually do to bag on podcasters, like kind of clowning ourselves type of thing. And I totally forgot about how I love to bag on like the 40 minute wrist check. Uh, dude, that I, was, was... I was thinking about all the little funny things that that every pod does and they all have the same episodes and everything. And I'm like, there's a good one in here somewhere I'm not thinking of. And I couldn't it didn't come to me. And I was like, oh, the eternal wrist check where you're you're through most of the show and it's it's just wrist check so yeah that's no, why we don't do <laughs> not, yeah for sure i'd rather fill up that time actually talking about content and other things that are kind of important than than wax poetic about my uh my watch so with you on that yeah but that was a great time uh big shout to them for having me and uh yeah and welcome all any new listeners we might have got from that so that's cool a few uh drops i guess for the week Kind of a regular thing we do first and foremost i want to get on this tag hoyer because first of all we've been talking a lot of tag hoyer lately and yep. and we've been talking about sort of their momentum they're getting they're kind of putting out some cool stuff now and they've, they've dropped this aqua racer gmt yep looks really good so your typical 50 50 gmt bezel blue on the top white on the bottom blue dial white hands yellow gmt hand yellow accent on the second hand they still have that kind of weird cyclops at six o'clock but it doesn't look too bad yeah. on this one it's not it's not that obvious and it's in the pretty standard 43 millimeter case 300 meter water resistant for a gmt pretty cool um but it, it's nice it has some horizontal striping on the dial everything yep. looks very legible looks really good uh i think it's a winner I, I think the operator is a line that needed a little boost, and I think this is it. Yeah, I like this watch a lot. I mean, we've we've obviously been talking about tag uh, for several weeks now, and it feels like honestly, I was just thinking about this. Every single week that we've recorded an episode, tag has basically dropped a new watch, like every week for like the last month or so, which has been kind of interesting. Uh, so maybe that's our strategic play: is just like one week at a time, we'll drop a novelty, drop a novelty, drop a novelty, and it'll just kind of trickle out. But all the focus is on one particular watch. But this one, I think, is going to be a normal production. Uh, it doesn't indicate that it's limited or anything yeah. like that. So it's going to be a normal mainstay. But I like it. Um, I think it's a refreshing use of color. So many of you have done the Pepsi look. So many of you have done the quote-unquote Batman look. It's nice to see something that is obviously influenced to some degree by that. Because you have you know the kind of the day and night division on the bezel. But... You have really more of the nautical theme kind of factored in there. You know, white and blue are very nautical colors. I love the striping on the dial. Kind of reminds me of of uh, kind of waves on the ocean a little bit, or maybe like you know the deck of of boats. You know, something silly, but it's just it looks nice. And I and I also like that they didn't do an orange; they went with yellow, which is a great vibrant color that I don't think is utilized enough. But I think it's a I think it's a good looking watch. Uh, I think you know, given the price point, given the GMT, 
you know, I think you said it right. The Aqua Racer needed a little bit of a bump. I think this will be a solid get for somebody looking for a GMT. And again, you know, this is a tag, so the prices are going to be relatively affordable considering. Um, I think it's going to be cool. Yeah, 3800 not terrible for a no. GMT from a reputable brand, right? Yeah. But I think yeah. this will, you know, that, that puts you in competition with like your Black Bay GMT and pretty much everybody in that range. So, but I, I think this stands up to that. I, it looks like a good watch. It hopefully stands up spec wise. I mean, other than that, I don't see anything wrong with it. So, nope, I like it. I think it's, uh, I think it's sharp. It's a very cool piece. So kudos to you, Tag, again. Strange, uh, strange happenings here. <laughs> <laughs> Never thought I'd be openly saying this several <laughs> weeks in a row, but, uh, I'm I'm being continually surprised in a good way. So but here we are. That's good. Yeah. Here we are. Seiko's dropped a couple of new releases this week, all in the very affordable range. And it seems like they're really hammering home this Seiko 5 brand. Like it or not, guess, it's here right? to stay, man. Yeah, like it or not. Well, you know what it is? Back in the day, Seiko 5s were all the cool watches, right? The speed timers, all the watches people want now were all Seiko 5s. Seiko yeah. 5 sport models, divers, things like that. So I think they're trying to get back to that. And so this week we got some camouflage dial Seiko 5 divers, which are in that format we, we kind of agreed we didn't really love. They're kind of yeah. neat. They're, they're cool for like, I guess, people who are into like that urban camo look. Yeah. For me, probably not, but I can well, see. You're not, you're not into a little bit of stolen valor? Look, I'm down to wear a pair of camo shorts. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bro <laughs> after all. But I'm just saying, I, I don't know if I'm wearing that on my wrist. I don't know if that's my my wrist game style per se. Yeah, I'm not uh, not kind of in the in the in the Bape streetwear kind of look. I mean, I, I think it's a cool dial, especially the the more kind of monochromatic camo, uh, the black one. But yeah, it's not me. Now their other fives they dropped sort of look like a throwback to the sonar which is a pretty popular vintage seiko and this is a collaboration with an artist from japan his name is kosuke kawa sorry kawamura and they've made sort of the same type of dial like the sonar has which is like partially transparent in some places and so they have two kind of color schemes one is an orange and teal one is a black and teal i think we both agree we like the black better yeah but they're kind of throwbacks to that. And then it also has the rally bezel, which is sort of a rally diver throwback. I think they're just playing on a lot of cool things that they used to have that people are into. Yeah. And, it, you know, Seiko 5, it's here to stay, whether you like it or not. But again, they put out plenty for everybody, so you can pick and choose, right? And this is kind of a modern dream watch, too. I mean, so many people have, have been slapping rally bezels on SKXs and Seiko 5s for years. Um, this is kind of a nice throwback. Like you said, it's got the cool sonar style dial. Um, very, very interesting to be able to see the the actual full date disc and day disc, um, especially because you do have the kanji date there as well, right? Um, it's cool. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's unique. I think it's a it's a throwback piece. It's that's really interesting. So, um, like I said, my preference is certainly the black and teal version with kind of more of the red accents on it, but I think, you know, given that this is a limited edition watch, a certain amount of people are going to have access to it, and that's great. But uh, I think this is one that could potentially go go fast. It's it's weird enough that it might be cool. Yeah, I agree with that. 
other cool things uh it, a really out there interesting one oris puts out a diver 65 <laughs> in bronze with black diamonds around the bezel yeah this was a very interesting sort of swerve totally unexpected totally unexpected right and it's funny because i feel like i have this conversation a lot which is that they don't do a lot of precious metals and such so yeah. black diamonds were very out of left field for me i think yeah. it looks pretty good overall and i i actually prefer the diver 65 to the aquas i know the aquas gets the most love and it's probably because it's it's a bit of a spec monster but for me i'm a diver 65 guy. i think it comes in a yeah, more friendly too. size and i i'm more of a circular plots than a stick into sea person so i'm a, I'm a diver yeah. 65 guy myself yeah, no, I I own a Diver 65 first gen, so I'm I'm right in that same camp with you. Um, I think this is obviously a very cool watch. It's 36 mil. It is a limited edition to 250 pieces. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a collaboration type watch. Obviously, probably with the size geared more to a feminine clientele, especially with the uh the the black diamond bezel set. But you know, not a watch I would have expected, but not a watch that I hate. I think it's kind of cool. I love the Fume dial that they did. I love the way that the bezel with the diamonds almost becomes from a distance. It just looks like a normal bezel. Yeah. Right. You lose the diamonds into the actual bezel itself. So although it's going to have some scintillation from the diamonds themselves, it's not going to be like an iced out um, white diamond bezel, which I think is going to be cool. So it's kind of stealthy and certainly something that's visually interesting. And when people see it, I think they'll, they'll want to ask you about it for sure. It's just something very, very different than I would. If, if they told me that they were dropping a new Diver 65 limited edition, I don't think there's ever any way I could have placed this one. No, me either. So me I guess either. hats off there, right? You got to, again, you got to zig when people think you get a zag, right? So <laughs> yeah, I mean, certainly why not? Did it. Why not? Why not? Uh, last up, I think in notable releases at least is, and this just goes back to last week when we talked about a purple Monaco. This week, Chapek released a purple panda, and it's got a very interesting European-sounding name. It's like Fallberg de Cracovia, which is, is that the place? That name reminds me of two things. It reminds me of one is the terminal with Tom Hanks. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Yeah. He's, from, I think Cra that, he's from Cracosia. Cracosia, yeah. Which is a hysterical movie. If you've never seen that movie, go watch it. It is hysterical, like in and very do, like do you, subtle, you, dry ways. Do you know what watch he wears in that film? Oh, we had a discussion about this once. I don't remember what you told me. It's definitely an Omega. I can't remember which which one. Yeah, it is. it's the uh, the Omega Memomatic. That's it. But I remember we talked about this once. But yeah, yeah very hilarious cool. movie and very it's like good. It's good. Down to earth and fun. Um, the other one is I I can't remember where the Avengers fight Ultron. I want to say it's Cracovia, but anyway, this isn't made out of vibranium or anything, but it's, it is purple. And I think we're starting to see a purple trend unveiling here. I mean, even 100%, even Nomos, the alternate to the deep pink is a purple dial. Yes. Yes. Not quite the same type of purple, but, but this is this, these most recent watches, both the, the Hoyer and uh, this new Chapek, very intense Royal, bloodline purple if you yeah. will so um very interesting now the the other purple dial that you're talking about with the with the nomos a little bit more of like a purpley blue i would think yes. it's kind of more more in that tone i would say it's less purple and more blue 
but uh, I think you know we're gonna call. We you and I talked about this before. We're calling it right now. Purple's a new color. It is. It's I, it's gonna be the hotness going forward. I think, which will be interesting because I don't know if everybody has purple up their sleeve. So it'll be interesting to see how the executions go. Yeah, that's gonna be. That is going to be certainly a very interesting execution. Do you lean more feminine because it is in some cases more of a feminine color or do you just go full till masculine pieces and and they're just rocking purple? That's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. So something to keep an eye out for going forward. Uh, Something that I guess is sort of between new drops and news. I think a lot of people have seen this as speculation. It has been sort of hinted at by a lot of people and many think that it is coming. I keep seeing a Supreme branded Oyster Perpetual floating around. Yeah. And this is a very, very interesting prospect because Rolex is just not, that's just not them. They're not that guy, right? They don't really give into hype stuff. Like they play in the park of like Wimbledon, right? They, that's who they collab with. They don't collab yeah. with hype clothing brands, right? Like, I mean, you know, had you asked me a year ago, I would have said 100% yes. But what we learned this year with 2020 is this year was the collaboration between Omega and Swatch, something that you and I probably would have never, ever foreseen in a million years. And if Rolex does indeed do this, what that just underscores is that the the Omega-Swatch collaboration was so prolific that now they have to up the ante by doing a collab between two completely separate brands. Obviously, Rolex, one of the one of the finest watchmakers in the world, and Supreme, one of the most notable streetwear brands in the world. That's done collaborations with other high-end designers all over the world and do something that will try to break the internet again. Because let's be honest, the Omega Swatch broke the internet. Everyone everywhere was trying to get this damn thing. And even still today, people are trying to get it. I was walking by a store, Swatch store, uh, earlier last week, and there was a queue still outside for a Moon's Watch. Okay? This was, what, March of this year? Yep. And we're in late August? Almost September. And this is still happening. So that tells you anything. So if this is the case, I mean, again, do I think it's complete baloney? Sure. I, I would I would lean to that side of caution. But if this year taught us anything, it's that really anything is possible and that maybe Rolex needs a Hail Mary to get back into the positive limelight and to drop something that's truly hype wear. And maybe this, you know, Rolex Supreme collaboration, if that is what it's going to be, is exactly what they need. So that's what I'm weighing in my head is Rolex is too cool for school, right? They bat on to nobody, but a lot of people who are in the know seem to think that this is legit. All and, these comments from very important people, I see them and they're saying it's legit. Now people have been wrong before, but you and I both know sometimes when things are leaked, sometimes when things are talked about, it's because it's legit. Yeah, so, so I guess we are going to see on that one. I don't know, man. I mean, 
I don't know. Honestly, truly, I don't know what to think anymore. The whole industry is so crazy right now. I don't know what to think. But uh, it's going to be interesting what the fallout potentially of this might be from all the Rolex fanboys if it does indeed come to fruition. Yep. We'll see. Yes. Uh, last little bit of news before main topic. Um, Nomos is officially in on the charity giveaway. So big ups to them. <laughs> if I had an applause button, I would hit it. So they are indeed looking like they're going to give me a deep pink 38 to pass along to one lucky person who is going to donate to real men wear pink. So that is awesome. We finally locked down the donor watch this year, and that is going to be it. And it's probably the most fire pink watch of the year. So that fits perfectly. The uh, response to this whole whole bit has been a little bit overwhelming. And Strap Habit is actually out of 22 millimeter now. Again, he's restocking <laughs> 20 and 22, but that will be the final restock for the year. So get all of your 18 to 22s as soon as possible, because I don't think they're coming back, at least not this year. So, <laughs> um yeah, just a big thanks to everybody who's involved. Again, I know I kind of drill this home every week, but uh, this was some really good news, and I'm very excited to bring it to you and very excited to see what the final number is going to be because I think it's going to be a big one. So big pat to everybody on the back who has helped out. And, and bro, just to remind everybody how they can actually get entered in to win the, the Deep Pink. So if you've already donated, for example, when I had like the Moon Swatch up for grabs, you're already in. You don't have to give a dime more. If you want to try to get the Nomos, by all means, you can kick in more. I'm not going to say no to that. And if you want the Nomos and you haven't kicked in before, just go to the link in my profile. It's under Bros Real Men Wear Pink, R-M-W-P. And it links you straight to the charity page, to the American Cancer Society website. And Again, 10 bucks a play. So if you kick in 10 bucks, you get one drawing. If you kick in 20, you get two and so on and so on. And at the end, I throw them all into an Excel spreadsheet. I say, choose a random number. I go to that cell and that's who wins. And, and I record it and I post it. And the other ones are still up there. You can go back and see. But, um, you know, again, it doesn't matter how much you kick in. My first giveaway for the Oris, somebody kicked in, I think, close to 500 bucks. They won an Oris. The moon swatch, somebody kicked in 20 bucks and won that moon swatch. So it's possible. A chip in a chair is all you need, right? Dollar in a dream. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. So be sure to get in there if you want a piece of the Nomos. But uh, I'm going to drop uh, an official post and everything once I have uh, a Nomos in my hands and everything. So look forward to doing that. Main topic for this evening is something I came up with, I think, after doing the episode with the guys at 40 and 20, because we, again, got to talk about a lot of content creation and sort of just the different avenues that both they and I had gone down. And again, they've done 200 episodes. They've done 60-something interviews, something like that. And they talked about how just from forging those relationships with people, they have done things that, like, like I never thought I would be traveling and and this person that I had on previously would hit me up and be like, hey, do you want to get coffee? And they're like, I'm having coffee with like a very influential person and not for any other reason other than we now have a friendship because we bonded over watches. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, it, and it is crazy in that respect. And so I think everybody kind of started out either making an initial purchase, getting a gift, getting, you know, maybe inheriting something, but everybody wound up with their first watch some way, shape or form. Right. Right. And I think you're hard pressed to meet someone that hasn't been influenced or turned on to other things or been sort of given access to different opportunities just based off of being involved from stemming from that initial watch, whether let's say you went into photography or something and maybe it became a career for you, right? We know people who did that. Yep. So just thinking about all of the different things that people stem off into from watches or at least from the hobby itself or collecting or what have you, right? I, I started, I guess, just brainstorming all these little things. Things that come to mind off the top of my head, obviously there's a very big watches and booze community right i'm friends <laughs> that, with many of maybe, them maybe a few podcasts dedicated to that right i think yeah there might be we might we might know them pretty well we might but know so, a couple people right <laughs> but just thinking about that right so you have you we have podcasts dedicated to it we have more there are more than one podcast out there that are not even centered around that that still do a poor check every yeah. week that they're just that's just part of their ritual i mean i i think a lot of people who podcast or who are sort of into this type of thing whether they're doing meetups in person or what the booze is sort of just like a fun extra little tidbit that goes along with things that, that you can also talk about like another conversation point and you know you share things you and just like this hobby you can get hard to get things and let your friends try it and it, it just it snowballs in the same way watch collecting snowballs it also yeah. snowballs it's part of being social and hey let's face it we're all a little more fun when we're liquored up so it makes a <laughs> lot of sense <laughs> but that's just one thing that i was thinking of when i was coming up with the idea for this episode i was like well you know could we actually burn 30 40 minutes talking about something like this because that's something i always think about when kicking around ideas for an episode like you know i i, I mentioned earlier to you in the day that somebody had messaged us and wanted us to talk about aftermarket straps again another thing plenty of people have covered already but i don't know if i can not that i don't know if i can but i don't know if i want to string that out for 40 minutes 45 50 yeah. minutes in a over the course of a podcast and, and make that a thing that's you know so that might get like pulling teeth and like I, I, that's not that's not what i try to do on this podcast this this is an entertaining podcast we talk about fun things. We talk about off the wall stuff, kind of weird things that nobody else talks about. So I'd like to keep it with that. But I know you and I both have had experiences stemming from watch collecting or, again, our first interactions with watches. And I think we're going to talk about that, too. Um, but other things, I know plenty of people who have gotten into sports, specifically motorsports, because motorsports and watches apparently go very hand in hand. Absolutely. I mean, obviously... Absolutely the chronograph has been monumental in motorsports, right? <laughs> you would think just a little bit, just a right. little bit, right? So I know motorsports, plenty of people are into F1. That's very big. I mean, I have friends who have just gotten into it. I don't think I have yet. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. I just, it's not something that I'm checking out every week. And plus I have to work on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, so 
sports in general, I think, motorsports specifically. Um, coffee's a big one. I know a lot of people have gotten to be very, very big coffee nerds <laughs> through this, right? And I think a lot of people sell coffee, watch, co-branded merch and stuff. You know, it makes perfect sense, I guess. Yeah. So I know a lot of people. And, and the entire that. brands have been built out of the inspiration That's behind right. coffee, right? That's right. We're still sure. waiting on the brew dinky, but just just throwing it out there. Yeah, that's again. That was like the uh, one of those like archive prototypes that have been like discussed and never, never, never talked talked about again. <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on, buddy. We're still waiting on the brew dinky collaboration. Brew dinky. That's right. That that would be great fun. <laughs> um, as I mentioned before, photography is a big one. Obviously, watches are very fun to photograph. I think that's part of the the thing that sort of gets people off about having watches is that they can take cool pictures of a miniature device that tells time and other yeah. fun functions. And it's just, it's a, it's a neat little gadget and you can pose in a million different ways. You can take pictures, juxtapose next to things in tons of and, different manners. And we talked about this before in one of the earliest episodes that we did. It's like social media, Instagram, Facebook. I mean, that changed the entirety of watch collecting so since much it's, since it's been around as a concept so photography certainly has had a very important aspect not only in marketing not only in social media stuff but just in sharing content and helping introduce watches to other people which i think has been very cool i guess built in with all that social media everything else is you have pop culture is now it spreads like wildfire and so i think any ties to watches of pop culture for example, James Bond, right? James Bond is huge in the watch community. Yeah. And I think places like Instagram are big into that because they're the ones sharing the pictures of Connery with the sub and, you know, all the the other cool Bond watches, all the Omegas recently, the older Seikos, right? There's so many cool watches that he wore. And I think a lot of people only really know more of the modern Bonds, right? Your Brosnans, your Daniel Craig's, whereas you have people like T Dalt who were wearing like these kind of obscure watches, right? There are Gruens, there were um yep. all different watches that they wore. So I think pop culture is another big one that has sort of made its way into the watch community and now it's it's here to stay. So to me, these are sort of the different ones that I could come up with, I guess, off the top of my head. But I guess it's all in thanks to watches, which is sort of the common theme here. So like, thanks to watches, like I've split off into all these different things. And obviously my experience is a little different than most people's. I mean, it's kind of a unique situation. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I would say that, I would say that you have a pretty big thanks to watches. I do. Right? And it's, it's, and it goes off into so many, like I tried to almost like map it out mentally, like as if it was like a tree with roots. Yeah. And I was like, damn, this goes so many different directions. <laughs> I mean, and, and here's the thing. I mean, you and I, you and I have both, we got the watch bug and we, we ran with it, albeit we did this in two very distinctly different ways. I got into it a little bit earlier than you did. You got into it a little bit later, but you've taken watches yourself and built an entire reputation on social media from it. You know, something that, you know, for the vast majority of our lifetimes, people have thought were kind of silly, dumb, and not necessary anymore. 
And it wasn't until we found community that we started getting into collecting, looking at these things and starting to say, you know what? There's something more special here than just the sum of its parts. And I mean, I look at I look at your page and I look at your 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 consistent rise to to success and, and influence in the watch community. I mean, to me, arguably, not only because we're friends, but just realistically, I think you had the best watch meme account in the world. Um very highbrow stuff sometimes, but that's I'm not saying that because I'm blown smoke, but I truly do believe it. Um, but this has been your contribution to the watch industry. So not only have watches giving you this, you've also given back to watches, which I think is probably one of the coolest aspects about what you've done with your page and your social media and everything like that. Well, I have to say it, uh, it's rather flattering now to hear people use the term celebrity, which is absurd. <laughs> I'm, start, I'm starting to see that more and more. And I'm like, I love it. I love it. You know, it's a corny, like it's almost like a, a like a stupid joke, but it's just funny like when uh like mike stockton was on with the whiskey and watches guys and he's like oh yeah your buddy brodinky is a celebrity now and i was like that's an interesting term to throw around yeah you know and then i, I was on with everett and andrew and they're like yeah but we're, we're, we tonight's guest is like a a big celebrity in the watch world and i was like celebrity huh like i don't know I like celebrities are, are rich and famous i i don't think i'm either but <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're building. We're you're building something. We're building it together. Um. So so other than your 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 big account and and what uh, what you kind of helped contribute back to the watch industry, what would you say is something that's really kind of connected you in your own ode to watches or thanks to watches? Well, here's where it gets interesting, right? Obviously, I have I've had my page, which has been a tremendous place to channel my creativity i think it's you know some people have a garage where they go and they do woodwork some people work on their old car i guess i farm memes and make wisecracks right that's kind of what what i've done with my <laughs> uh with my restless uh nervous energy or whatever you want to call it so i've, I've had a, a place to sort of channel my creativity and you know growing up i, I always was kind of like like the low key funny guy, like that was kind of my claim to fame was like, I didn't, I didn't put it out there for everybody to see, but everybody's like, dude, if you pay attention, this guy's funny. And I was like, yeah, but I don't really, I, I'm not like a boisterous person in person. Like when I'm in person with people, like once I get to know you, I'm pretty loud and obnoxious, but like when I'm getting to know new, new people, I'm very like reserved. Like I like to yeah. feel people out. So you would never know that, but then as things progress, you're like, oh, this guy, he's a funny dude. So like, that was always something growing up that I was like, man, I was like, I wish I had more of like that, like stand up comic, like outgoing personality, like person who's able to put that on display, but like I, I couldn't. So I guess I just found that in a way to do that artistically. I yeah, I don't know what you want to <laughs> say, how you want to call it that, but that alone has gotten down, you know, gotten things down so many different avenues, right? I talk about being on podcasts. I counted this morning. I've done 11 guest podcast appearances. That's a lot. Yeah. And granted, some are repeats. Like I've done Whiskey and Watches five times. I've done Spirit of Time twice. I've done Rico. I've done Two Broke Watch Snobs. I've done 40 and 20. I've done Wrist Check Pod. Like 
kind of crazy but that many. But there's it, still some diversity there, my friend. It's there it's is not, no, there's there's some range there. It's it's not just uh, same old same old and people that oh I'm buddy buddy with you I'll go hang out with you. It's it's not just that you know it's it's kind of I've kind of made my rounds and it, but it's just weird that that many people wanted to have a conversation with me like that had yeah. they had platforms before me so like it, it's not like they needed me to fluff their platform like they wanted to have right. a conversation with me so like that was cool in its own right i have made connections to philanthropy which has been very strange i never thought it would go there yeah right kind of weird you know i was just talking with people and they were involved and i was like i bet you i could put this platform i have to good and they're like what do you mean? I'm like, well, I have at the time it was like, I don't know, 18, I think it was like 18,000 followers. And I was like, yeah, I have like 18,000 followers. I was like, I'm sure they'd want to get involved. Like it's a hobby that has a fair amount of money floating around in it. Not that everybody's so well to do, but kind of just what I thought about with, with the strap habit straps in this hobby, people, you know, wipe their ass with $25. Yeah. So like, why not put it towards something good? Absolutely. And get you know, something cool out of it. Right. So that was my you know? initial thought just before I even got involved. I was like, you know, what's 10, 20 bucks to everybody in this hobby? It's nothing. So like, not that 18,000 people would open $10, but like even a small chunk of that is a, it's a significant difference. Absolutely. You know, so I was like, yeah, you know, I'll see, I'll see what kind of traction it picks up and maybe it'll pick up nothing. But I know enough people that do it for November and stuff and nobody's really doing it for this cause so why not i'll do it and i'll see what happens and obviously pink is like a weird color in watches like there aren't that many but it's also kind of offbeat and cool and so it's like very different so when people encounter the opportunity to wear pink stuff they're like oh you know what? this is kind of neat so I was yeah. like, all right i'll run with it and i'll see where it goes and obviously it's taken off pretty well so like i think both myself and the people who I work with at the charity are like, I don't know how this got here, but like, it's amazing. And, you know, again, not to my own horn here, but it's just, it's something unexpected that I, I never saw coming. And so like to, to go from making wisecracks on the internet to raising thousands and thousands of dollars for a charitable cause is like, it, it's like the ores we were talking about earlier. It's no avenue I ever thought was it, it, I didn't know it was in the realm of possibilities. Yeah, for sure. And for me, too, I mean, just even purely by extension. I mean, I wasn't a person that really considered anything, you know, for charity or for philanthropy. It's just not. I just didn't think that that would be my station in life currently. And I was like, you know, wanted to do something. And just just through my auxiliary association with you and what you've been doing, it's like I'm excited about it now. I'm donating money. I'm getting my buddies to donate money. And it's such a cool thing that we can share with the watch community that is really your brainchild, but it's truly the watch communities. Like this is, this is our thing. You know, you started this, you spearheaded it, but at the end of the day, watch fam has really taken this and run with it in a way that, I mean, in comparison to what we did last year and what we're doing now, what you have done now is just insane. Yeah, if you would have um, told me, if you would have told me I would be in contact with household name brands and they would take me seriously for a 
donation of a watch that's in excess of a thousand, sometimes over two thousand dollars, and they completely took it seriously and were open to just forking one over, I would have said you're crazy. I would have said nobody's gonna take me seriously. They're gonna say what the the meme dude wants uh some free swag and we're just gonna send it to him and hope he does right. the right thing. Like right. <laughs> that's but that's why I had to I I tried to be as transparent as possible and I was like you can always send it to the headquarters in New York where I don't actually touch it and this way it, at, at no point am I am I able to scam this is basically what what I put forward but now that I've got a couple under the resume like you know that's enough reputation to get me places absolutely absolutely yeah but that's another thing that I uh I kind of learned is that this has also got me a ton of exposure just to opportunities like opportunity to meet some of the people i've already met or to get invites to like some events that like who like who would be like yeah i'm gonna start a watch dedicated page and then one day people are gonna invite me to these get togethers that are like semi-promotional and like they just want to meet you and talk yeah and i'm like what (laughs) but like who would ever thought you know it's, it's just crazy well, the community is amazing, man. The community is really amazing. Yeah, and you don't realize how many different corners there are in it until you really get out and explore it. And yeah. I know that that was kind of, ham- but I guess it was both hampered and accelerated by the pandemic. But like, you know, you didn't really get to go out and venture out physically into the community, but like you really got to, you know, with all your free time, kind of delve into what there was to offer back to yeah you. so and and it was a, it was a way for us to, to to come up with different alternative and creative outlets to get the information that we wanted to share out there and i think that that was you know one of the silver linings of the pandemic itself is just people got very inventive because you know for basically an entire year the first year it was very difficult to do anything so um i mean again you and i talked about when we wanted to start this podcast um it was late night text messages and you said that you'd always want to do it. And I wanted to kind of do it too magically. And we just decided to do it. So, um, had you asked me if I would have done that three years ago, I would have told you you were crazy. Yeah. I, I, I never thought I would even have the platform to make a successful podcast. I thought it was just going to be like posting stuff on YouTube or whatever, talking shit, but, yeah, here we are, episode forty-five. <laughs> <laughs> episode forty-five. Yeah, I just and I guess the the last thing I would say, watches have taught me is sort of the appreciation for value of things, like both monetarily and not. Like obviously, when you are buying, selling, trading things that are again in excess of a thousand dollars, those original hurdles mentally and emotionally of moving that kind of money for an object is a little bit sickening yeah but sort of simultaneously with that is you also are able to stomach those amounts of money like to make that in as an investment now would not phase me right if somebody said yo you got to put 2500 into an account for like stocks or whatever I would have been like, no, nah, I can't do that. So, like, what if I lose it? 
for twenty five hundred dollars on the watch. Here we come. Let's, but let's yeah, go. But, but now <laughs> again, you're kind of desensitized to that for better or worse. Yeah, for but, sure, for sure. Yeah, Our but, wives would probably argue that it's for worse. I'm just gonna put that out there, right? Right, but making sort of a, I guess, calculated risk or something that involves a chunk of money, it's a little less gut-wrenching to, I guess, move those sums now, good, bad, or indifferent. Gotcha. It's yeah. just strange. It's straight, you know, you go out to dinner, you're like, how much does this cost me? Oh, less than a Seiko. So that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe where you're at. I don't know about where I'm at so much, but uh, over there on the uh, on the island and, uh, and certainly in the city can get uh, quite expensive. But I'll say the biggest thing for me that I that I've uh, that I've really learned is a couple things in in watches. Um, one for me, it's experiences, things that I thought I would never ever do, but watches kind of helped push me in a way uh, to do them. So growing up, I was captivated from a very young age um, about Shark Week. And it's kind of a silly story, but I remember watching Shark Week for the very first time, and I fell in love with it. I didn't know why I liked it. I was terrified of sharks. I was terrified of the ocean. But there was something about seeing people go underwater, conquer fear, and do these types of exploration dives and things, trying to learn more about science more about what these creatures really mean and represent and and how we can better understand them i was just fascinated by by these types of people and so for many 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 years i always had in my mind that i wanted to dive and to learn how to do it but it was always you know one of those kind of like pipe dream things like you're like yeah well maybe one day i'll do it right if i if i get a wild hair about me maybe i'll, I'll finally pull the trigger and, and do it and the thing is, too, nobody in my family had ever done anything that remotely was considered an adventure type sport or something like that. You know, we're land people, you know, for <laughs> Christ's sake. So we're not really people that are that are in and around water. It's just not our thing. So, you know, it was always kind of one of those things that I only saw people on TV do. And I thought that that was really the only way to do it uh, was to be somebody on TV. So uh, for many, many years, I just kind of put it off and uh, finally you know, as, as you guys know, from my background story, I used to work in watches. I used to sell timepieces at a, at an AD, um, who shall still remain, uh, nameless to this day. But anyway, I just, I remember working there and I remember selling all the timepieces that I could from multiple different brands, talking about stuff, what I was really passionate about. And for me, you know, I always resonated like so many people, even still today with divers, there's just something so utilitarian about a diver that's just it's intrinsic to the watch itself and it's something about the the underscore ruggedness and durability and and what that watch is capable of and the adventure that could be associated with it so there's something so cool about it and i remember talking with clients and selling them on the fact that these watches were going to handle their lifestyle they could conquer anything inclusive of the ocean steps but I could never really say that with 100% confidence because I myself had never <laughs> done it. And so it started to click with me that I was like, you know what? If I'm going to sell this stuff, if I'm going to say that this super ocean heritage can handle, you know, diving and the rigors associated with that type of sport, 
I need to do this. And I need to finally put up or shut up and just get it done. And so begrudgingly, I was able to convince my wife, don't ask me how, I was able to convince my wife to sign up for some courses, to drop the money down, do the diving, and it changed my life. To this day, it is one of the most incredible, immersive, relaxing, meditative experiences I've ever had in my life. And over the course of, of the time that I was actively diving, which I haven't done in a few years now, I need to get back out there. But my wife and I together, we racked up almost 100 dives wow. each because it was so impressive. It was so much fun. So something that was kind of always in the back of my head from a young age, it's something that I wanted to do. I was pushed into it. Finally, thanks to watches. And it was an incredibly formative experience for me. It was a way to disconnect. It was a way to connect with nature, disconnect from, from the busy world and, and connect with nature. And it was a way to have a greater appreciation for the explorers and the adventurers that had come and done these things years and years and years far before I would ever experience them. And so that was very empowering. It was very cool. And, and if there's anybody that's out there listening to this podcast and cares about anything that I have to say is if you've ever wanted to experience it, if you've ever wanted to do it, go do it. It is one of the most impressive things that I have ever done. And I highly recommend it to anybody. It's very easy. It's, it's not really a scary thing once you start going through it. I think that's a lot of the apprehension with it. Is it so scary? You know, people are like, oh, I'm scared. I'm not a good swimmer. A shark's going to eat me. Nothing could be further from the truth. Go do it. You're going to regret it if you don't. And to me, that's, that's one of the most important things that I've, that I've learned thanks to watches is just going out there and trying to live the experiences that we talk about. And I think the most important thing for me overarchingly, and you kind of touched on this a little bit, especially with regards to value. I think the one thing that I've learned the most from everything in watches, certainly my time selling them and, and sharing in people's special moments, but in my own time here outside of the industry, for me, what a watch has come to represent today is a physical manifestation of time. Right. And that sounds kind of stupid because you're like, that's exactly what a watch is. It's a representation <laughs> of time. Right. But what I mean by this is it's a visual reminder to me, a mental reminder to me that time is fleeting. You can't get it back. As much as we want to try to hold on to it, every second, every minute, every hour, every experience we might have through that day, we'll never have it again. And what the watch has come to represent for me now, thanks to watches is that I need to make the most of every second, every minute, every hour of every day. Because I'll never have that opportunity again. That is that. And, and the watch itself, you know, outside of that visual reminder, it's, it's a legacy. It's part of my legacy. It's part of your legacy. It's the legacy that we leave behind. Every scratch, every dent, every nick, every piece of character, love, patina, whatever you want to say, we put on these watches is a physical representation of the life and the experiences that we lived. Well, look how much people will pay for legacy. 
absolutely in individual losses absolutely and you know when we're no longer here and all we have left is that watch and that story somebody that inherits this watch or buys it at a pawn shop god forbid if my kids ever sell my watches <laughs> you know whatever it might be whatever it might be that watch will be a physical representation that we lived that we experienced the things that we experienced every death promotion whatever life events happened wearing that watch it's recorded and somebody can take a tangible part of me a tangible part of you with them as they go through life and i would say for me that's probably the most important thing that i've learned from watches because of watches thanks to watches is make the most of the time that you have enjoy every aspect every minute that you can and cherish those moments because we're not going to have another time to do it so live it experience it dent it scratch it wear it beat the crap out of it but do it yeah that's for music sort of i guess if you want to talk i guess the the more normy ways that it has been impactful for me similar to what you were just talking about how you were always sort of interested in diving things like that is that i had prior interests that have all sort of been i guess you'd say like enhanced in that regard okay. like like you know i went to school for science i was a big science yeah, yeah. nerd i love things like oceanography right and i think that's why i was drawn to divers originally not just because i mean they're also very stylistically cool and they, they give you a little <laughs> yeah, they are. color yeah, they are. and you know you get a clicky bezel and all that and obviously the everybody kind of has that picture of the sub or your original divers in their head and you don't know what it is because you don't know anything about watches but like you're like okay that's a watch and i know that and that's like right. a tough watch but kind of the same thing with you where I was into the shark week and I was into, like I said, oceanography. And I, I, I used to take classes related to marine life because I just, I found it more interesting, right? It's kind of a, a world unexplored and that's something cool that watches kind of represent, right? We have watches that dive. We have watches that go to space. Yep. Right. And it can kind of tie together a lot of these interests. I mean, you know, you see, the Alsta in the movie Jaws, like how cool is that? Like now, yeah, you and see iconic, that, right? iconic. But nothing cooler. You got Richard Dreyfuss running around. You got the the crazy old fisherman. Ah, Carcharinus, Carcharodon. Ah, you know, like he's talking about scientific names like and things a like that. Uh, is all my <laughs> but it, you know, it, that's sort of what got the juices flowing. Was things like that. You're like, oh man, like I would really love to be able to research sharks and stuff but regardless it can kind of tie together a lot of your interests obviously i was into food before i was into watches same yeah. thing people are huge into food and watches some people put their watches in their food and take pictures They're yeah i never got that I, I never i never got peak food pics but uh hey you know there you go it's a thing the funniest thing i ever heard was somebody was talking about it once at some pot i was listening to and the guy's like that's your food keep your damn watch out of it 
that is dirty. You gonna eat that after? And I was like, oh my god. I was like hey, having man. a melt out of the car crack go. PB and watches, if you're ever listening to this podcast, I'm sorry, bro. You take some actually great photos with your food. I don't even know if he's still around anymore. I know he was he was a big deal for a long time, but I haven't seen anything. Oh, he did post three days ago, so he's still out there. <laughs> There's seventy five thousand followers. He's still out there. Yeah, but same thing again. Going back to the alcohol, right? Alcohol, different spirits. I guess sophisticated spirits are really big. I would have never tried the Negroni hadn't hadn't up been for watches. Right, that's like that's Negroni. like the the watch drink. Right, that's what everybody kind of. Well, it's it's a, it's a it's a very popular drink in Switzerland. That's why. Okay, well that makes yeah, a lot of it's sense. It's like it's like a it's like an after business drink or like a um, an after dinner drink. Ah. In in like Switzerland, uh, Switzerland in Swiss culture. Uh, so they uh they drink that a lot. I guess that so, makes sense. It has gin. Yeah, it's like a digestif. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like a, a what is it an aperitif or whatever? Like it's like an after dinner type drink or whatever. And uh, anybody out there that's listening, and I'm completely wrong. I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> it's it's a great drink. I I'm a sucker for gin. I'm a sucker for a good Negroni. So, um, great drink. Yeah, and from there, I've I've been put onto the Boulevardier, which is. Pretty much same thing, just with bourbon. I've actually never heard of that. Yeah, pretty okay. cool. Give that a shot if you have a chance. Boulevardier. Yeah, Buzzy. Buzzy will put me onto that one. Okay. Maybe I'll have to flex my knowledge next time. Yeah. Shout out, one, Buzzy. And then you sort of have the all-encompassing going back to pop culture, right? You have Bond, who's wearing kick-ass watches, being a cool spy, and he's drinking Vesper martinis. Right, like yeah. it, there's so many over, you know, overlaps and crossroads. Everything laps, man. Everything from cars to fashion to 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 food or cuisine. You know, fine things are fine things for a reason, because they all are cohesive, somewhat in the same right? vein. Yeah, they're 100 percent cohesive. And when you like one, you typically like the others as well, right? You get a little bit of that of that taste and. Uh, and uh, it's hard to get away from it, but it's watches, I think, overarchingly are more important than people probably give them credit for. It's not just a thing. It's a thing that's opened the doors for so many people that we know, whether in their professional career, their personal careers, you know, have allowed us to meet and connect with different types of people all over the world. And that's been amazing to share in this hobby and this passion with people that we have never even met, but are receptive to the things that we're talking about and the things that we put out there, you know, watches are a great way to meet friends and to have experiences with, with people that you probably would have never otherwise. And I know for myself, you know, diving is a big one. You know, what I talked about with what watches mean to me is a big one. I'm a huge James Bond nerd as a result. I'm a huge nerd of NASA as a result. Like I've learned so many things in my lifetime that I probably would have never exposed myself to if it wasn't for something that I could strap to my wrist that gave me the time in a mechanical format. It's all thanks to that. And at one point it was my career. Never in a million years did I ever think you could make watches a career. And yet I was able to do it. It was so much fun. I mean, hell, it is still fun. Right? Not working in it so much anymore, but talking about it's still a lot of fun. 
Yeah. And so I think that's what it is for people who have, I guess, accepted that as like how watches are such a big connector of all their interests and things that it's almost like you're wearing something meaningful, like a, almost like a trophy of your yeah interests and your different accomplishments and just the little fun interesting parts of your life that you have had because of this little tiny machine it's a talisman it's exactly just like that's exactly the word i was looking for it's it's everything it represents who we are it represents everything we've done and it's it's so cool to to mark the passage of time with these things yeah, and get them ready for the next generation. And so I think that was more or less what we were trying to drive home with this episode was kind of just how significant they've become in our personal lives, even though we talk all the time about how they're insignificant because they're somewhat defunct and they're somewhat unnecessary. But at the same time, they're totally necessary. I mean, I don't know if I could see myself not owning a watch going forward, even if never I got sort of out of the hobby I would still probably own at least two. I I I'm like I'm with you. I don't think I could ever ever experience the day where I decide to take a watch off my wrist. Even if I was retired, even if I didn't need to know the time every day. I've met people that are like that. Well, I'm retired now. I don't need to know what time it is. I'm like, that's a great problem to have. I still want to know because there's still 24 hours in a day. Right. But um no, I don't think I'll ever get rid of a watch. I, I will always have one in my collection because it means too much for me not to. How could you get away life memories like that? You know, That's what I'm saying. One day I'm going to tell my kids about this little thing I wear on my wrist that got me exposure to tens of thousands of people for no good reason. <laughs> no, the reason is great. The reason is thanks to watches. Right. So I think that's a perfect place to put this one to bed uh, as we give our thanks and tribute to the little mechanical devices we strap onto our wrists every day. Couldn't agree so more. With that, Wrist Cheese Radio calling it on episode 45. Thanks for hanging out with us on a bit of a philosophical episode. We'll catch you next time. Smitty, be good. Take care, buddy.